In the future, roving bands of comic book podcasts will savage the wasteland, once known as the internet. One podcast, the Grawlix podcast, may not be the biggest, may not be the funniest, may not be the most well-spoken. Wait, what was my point again? Oh yes, the Grawlix podcast. Listen to it at GrawlixPodcast.com. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. Hey everyone, this is Wyatt Weed, the boar predator from Predator 2. Mash on. On the eighth day of Christmas, Moose brought to me a comic book creator and a dissection of slashers. Happy holidays, horror hounds, and welcome to Moose's 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. I'm your host and gift giver, Moose. My gift for you today is... Well, it's a sci-fi slasher. And a callback to a previous episode. So, it is my honor and privilege to present to you comic creator and horror fan, Mr. Robert Geronimo. How's it going? It is going fantastic. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm ecstatic you're here. Uh, and before we get too far into this listeners, you'll hear us, uh, reference a lot of points from a previous interview. He was on the, uh, Grolix Knights podcast, not too, uh, long ago. Mm-hmm. So I implore you to head over to, uh, GrolixPodcast.com, G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com and check out that interview. If you seem lost, if I don't pick up where we're anything we're referencing and fill in the blanks. Hmm. Let's start with your uh, current book. Uh, Blood realm seems to be a mm-hmm. uh, huge hit. You can't buy it anywhere. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can get it from uh, the publisher. Uh, fortunately, he still has some left and uh, I have a couple of copies on my website for uh, robertgeronimo.com. I said, because, yeah, I was, I, was, I, look, I was looking into it, and it's like, sold out, sold out, sold out. And I was like, well, <laughs> damn, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate that uh, people are gravitating to the series, and they're enjoying it. Um, it's uh, one of Alterna's biggest selling books, so uh, I'm honored. It's really, it's the readers, man. I'm, I'm honored that they're enjoying it, and they, they're reading this crazy story of mine. And as long as they read it, I'll make more. Well, and looking at the artwork behind you, it, th- mm-hmm. it really pops, Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, this is all from the series. Yeah, and I know uh, you, you said the other night that you know the the red on the cover really helps. Yeah, you know, draw your eye to it, and especially when mm-hmm. you're doing indie books and stuff like that, where you you have to find something to set yourself apart. Right. That'll do it. I mean, <laughs> I don't remember the name of the book, but there was a book, Dark or Dark Horse. I apologize. Put out years ago. And it was mm-hmm. just this one-off, and it was this bright red cover. Right. I don't remember a thing else about the book. Yeah. But I remember, you know, you're, you're going through the comic book store, 
and you're looking, you're like, okay, what am I picking up? Ooh, that, I mean, you, you focus right on that bright red spot. Oh, yeah. So yeah. kudos to the, the, the teamwork that went into saying, yeah, let's, let's make this something that it, not just the artwork has to be appealing. Let's just make the whole thing really catch your eye, really yeah. draw, you know, make people gravitate towards it. And it, it seems you've uh, taken off running. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's doing well. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, the style is unique. And I, I, when I was creating blood on my, I purposely wanted to make something that didn't look like a traditional, you know, comic book. Like I wanted to go for a vibe that was, you know, like, um, how could I say like an almost, um, illustrated book that felt like this illuminated manuscript in a way. So like when you're reading it, you feel as if you're reading this text that's from this fantasy, dark fantasy world. So it creates this level of immersion that you normally wouldn't get, you know? So it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's like a, almost like breaking the fourth wall in a way. Well, I, I was going to say that because you're, uh, your artwork, some of it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Steve Gamel. He did the artwork for uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, and yes, yes, yes. Especially, uh, like, the head over your right shoulder. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the, the one thing I noticed looking at the artwork behind you is mm-hmm. there, it, it, every picture looks like it's looking at the reader, not... Mm somewhere off on the page like right right um i I don't know if that's death but it looks like the grim reaper (laughs) looks like it's staring at me and then the demon in front of him and everything so it's which is unsettling yeah in a good way but right right you want to have that engagement you know especially when you're doing a cover you want to have that level of engagement with the reader and the the characters to really draw them in, so that's definitely a you know intentional when I design a poster and a cover. But Blood Rum was really intended to be this mix of dark fantasy and horror. I like to tell people it's <laughs> The Exorcist meets Lord of the Rings, so that's kind of the the vibe that I wanted to go for because I love Lord of the Rings and I love horror, which obviously we're going to discuss. So I wanted to mix those two, and a lot of the inspiration for that came from the film Clash of the Titans when I saw the Medusa scene. Um, this is the, the Ray Harryhausen special effects version, not the remake. Oh, and, very nice. Yeah, and that scene was just so incredible because the whole film was this high fantasy adventure and then it suddenly turns into this crazy horror scene, you know, with that Medusa moment. And it's just, it's so tense and the way it's lit and shot. I just Then I was like, I want a whole story like this. Oh, yeah, and... It's it's funny that just a, a play, you know, I mean, those old movies, it's interesting how much they were able to do with just lights and shadows and make oh, it yeah. so eerie and, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, the fact that stuff like that is still inspiring people to this day is a testament to, you know, Mr. Harryhausen's work. And everybody who's worked on stuff like that 
you know. Oh, yeah. It's the best. He's the best. See, I think I just saw something. There's a new documentary out about him, which I got to find. Because mm-hmm. he has like something about, you know, like, learned he was making his models in his uh, kitchen microwave. So, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know. It's like, oh, that, that, that would have been fun. You know, you go out to dinner and there's these little skeletons right. in your uh, microwave. <laughs> dinner at the Harryhausen house. Yeah. <laughs> dinner at the Harryhausen house. I can only imagine. Now, with Blood Realm, you were involved in, like, all the aspects, weren't you? Writing, artist, stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. With Blood Realm, I do everything. Um uh, from right, literally, uh, lettering, writing, uh, coloring, uh, penciling to inking, uh, it, it's the whole gamut, and it it takes a lot. Uh, you know, it's a lot of work to do comics because you're not just drawing one page of illustrations; you're just kind of drawing multiple illustrations on one page. So it's very time consuming, and plus, there needs to be a flow for the story. So, you know, it's it's quite an undertaking, but. You know, you have to love this. And I absolutely adore comics and I wouldn't be doing any other medium. I I just there's just something about the storytelling medium with those words, you know, and the pictures together. I think it just makes it so incredibly unique. And you can experiment with so many different things. You know, comics, you know, it's not just superheroes. And I think that's what really blew my mind as I got older when I realized that you can do horror, you can do fantasy, you can do you know, biopics, you know, you know, biography stuff. Yeah. It's, it's the medium is just open to everything. So that's why when I wanted to tell the story, you know, blood realm, I, I really wanted to, um, tell it in a way that was perfect for the comic book medium. Well, and you're right. I mean, there's the, uh, comic book medium is open to so many different genres that, it can, you, you can tell, I mean, there's been, Moby Dick's been told in a comic book. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you, you we're talking classic literature to, you know, far off fantasy. And you're right. You're not just drawing pictures. You're essentially, you're writing a script, you're storyboarding mm-hmm. it, you're Everything. animating it. You're, you're a one man production team right. and you're doing all of it. And oh, yeah. somehow you managed to stay sane. I know. Well, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was sane. Damn it. I said I got it finished. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, y- you have to love it. Like I said, you know, it's, y- it's a labor of love. And I think it shows with Blood Realm because I think that's why people are gravitating to it. And I think people want, you know, big high fantasy adventure. You know, as opposed to what's, you know, comics today right now, they're just very, it's the same kind of stuff, same art style, same storytelling. And I think that, you know, the, the, the well is dry right now, except for indie comics. I think that's where indie comics are really shining because the quality in writing and art is very different. And in my opinion, better because they're taking greater risks than the mainstream. You, you guys have to. Yeah mainstream comics can rest on their uh, laurels a little bit more. And right now, I mean, I'm a huge Flash fan. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last five years, I think he's been, you know, 
DC's retconned four times. Oh my god! You know, so I mean, that's why they can take it easy. If they don't, right. if there's, if it gets to a point where they've written themselves into a corner, or they just, oh, this this story arc isn't going where we want it to. Oh, mm-hmm. reset. We're done. Right. Indie comics, you don't have that ability. I mean, this this is your passion. This is a, a part of you is in every book that you put oh, out. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you have to make sure that oh, each yeah. piece is where you want it when it goes mm-hmm. out. You don't have the luxury of the oh, let's reset. Right. And yeah. You also, and this is something I wanted to ask you the other night and didn't get mm-hmm. a chance to, how's your experience been with the crowdfunding? Because I know like Wireheads mm-hmm. crowdfunded, what, Blood Realm was crowdfunded too, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, so yeah, Blood Realm started out as a, a crowdfunder called uh, Kingdom of Blood. So um, it wasn't until when I when I uh, submitted the book to, uh, to Alterna Comics where they felt that uh, they should change the title, which I was totally cool with. I was totally down with it. So uh, crowdfunding has been – I'm fortunate that crowdfunding has been w- doing well for me. Uh, it, it's a challenge. Don't get me wrong. Like one thing <laughs> when I tell people, they're like, oh, you know, uh, I want to run a crowdfunder. I'm like, that's great. I said, just be ready because you don't run a crowdfunder. A crowdfunder runs you <laughs> <laughs> because it it completely can – it, it can demolish you <laughs> in terms of sleep and everything else. Blood Realm uh, was, a, I believe it, believe it or not, wasn't the first because I actually worked in children's books first. And I had a kickstarted uh, a children's book series. And the reason I went to horror is because every time I would sketch in my sketchbook, it would be horror related. So I was like, you know what? If I'm doing horror on, during my free time, then that clearly means this is what I need to be pursuing. Why don't you so, do children's horror? Uh, well, yeah, we, we may see another project just like that, so get ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, so th- after that, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go all out, and I did Blood Realm, and fortunately that got funded. And now I kind of come full circle with now really going into my horror roots with Wirehead, or I should say Slasher roots. Yes, let's let's talk wirehead. Um, the images on the Indiegogo page mm-hmm. sold me. Um, <laughs> so happy to hear that. One in particular. Uh, okay. I I am a huge Star Wars nerd. Okay. And me too. Th- there's an image of wirehead crushing this guy's. <laughs> throat to where his head blows up yes and in that image he looks eerily like darth vader Mm. and interesting he like when when i first saw it that's always how i pictured the force choke if he went full (sighs) dark side just like if he went full choke like full all out yeah just full evil just choke it out blow the head up, you know, and it's just like, holy shit. You know, that is amazing. 
It's like, I've been oh, picturing that, thanks. you know, for years and here it is, you know, this Darth <laughs> Vader esque character, just cause I mean, it's yeah. just this like shadow of a man and just yeah. Poof, yeah. head explosion <laughs> at that point it's, I was sold. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I love sci-fi. I love star Wars and I love when sci-fi and horror meet. It's just, I think it's just so damn cool. And I wanted to create some kind of slasher that was the embodiment of that. You know? So, definitely elements of Vader, for sure. Oh, yeah. Towering he, he has that structure. towering... Uh, Imposing. Uh, appearance. Look. and it, yeah. It's... Vader, when you strip away the humanity. Yes, Exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. So, so yeah. So, uh, and the idea of this a robotic cyborg slasher just sounded so damn cool, you know. And it's something I had in the back of my head for a while because I mentioned this on a previous podcast. I think it was Grawlix that you know a robotic killer doesn't feel pain, and you know, so you can't gouge its eyes, you can't bite its arm. You know, it's just going to keep squeezing and squeezing and squeezing. Nothing's going to stop it. Yeah. So that's the real angle I took with Wirehead was that, you know, imagine that this guy's gripping your skull and squeezing. You could scream all you want. It's not, you know, it's not going to hurt his eardrums. You can bite him all you want. He's not going to feel it because he's got metal plating. You know, he has no pain receptors and he has really no real gooey eyes that you can gush. You know, you could put your finger in there and gush him out or whatever. So, you know, in, in essence, he's like a bulldozer. So at he's best, gonna, you pull a hydraulic line. <laughs> exactly if you could find it <laughs> so uh that was the main inspiration for wirehead and i just always found that stuff really terrifying especially with films like the terminator and uh death machine by stephen norrington you know it's just uh, some kind of robotic creature that has no humanity like we said with vader but you know it is also this machine in essence and a machine doesn't know when to stop until there's an on an off button you know, so otherwise that thing is just going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling and crushing and crushing and crushing. Well, and a, a machine slasher takes what we've seen from Jason and Michael Myers yeah. right. and ramps it up to 11. Yes. I mean, there's a point in both of their franchises where no matter what you keep do, what no matter what you do to them, they mm -hmm. keep coming, but you can still put them down. Yes, right. This, you, yeah, you've taken away the pain, you've taken away everything else, and you've explained why right. it can keep coming. It's not, yes. it, you know, in Jason's case, okay, this kid drowned when he was a kid, and okay, now he's a zombie, and now, mm -hmm. okay, so maybe that's why he can't get put down, okay? Mm -hmm. Michael Myers, why can't he get put down? You know, you, you take away the debate of, well, this guy's just a fucking machine. You know, <laughs> right, exactly. Th th there is no debate. This is mm -hmm. why he would be the perfect killer. And exactly. And it, it, it sounds so weird saying, yeah, I, I made the perfect killer. No, you really did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just avoid a rainy night and you're fine. Right, <laughs> right. I appreciate that. So yeah, I mean, th that's that was the big drive with Wirehead, and and 
you know, I'm fortunate right now that the campaign's funded. I'm hoping we could hit some stretch, uh, stretch goals before we close out. We only have about a couple of days left, but uh, hopefully by the time your readers, I mean, sorry, your listeners hear this, um, will be on uh, in demand, it's called, on Indiegogo. So there'll still be some time to grab the copy before we completely close out the entire campaign. So yeah, I know I got to go in here after we're done and I got to throw it down so I can get a copy. Um, oh, <laughs> I was awesome. like, oh shit. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, just the more I looked at it, it's like I, I really need to, really want to read into it. And, you know, y- you talked about, you know, Terminator as an inspiration and right. different machines. And I think I remember correctly where mm-hmm. you had mentioned on Grolix that you kind of wanted to go a little bit more uh, Freddy style, where it was a little bit more outer, more into the sci-fi and not grounded in reality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to do that. I love stuff that's like, you know, cyberpunk art and stuff like that. Like I, I just, I love that kind of aesthetic. So that's, you know, I, I, I wanted to do something different as opposed to, you know, Jason, where he's just this mindless thing. I wanted to give it that Frankenstein twist, too. I love the idea of the Frankenstein story. Yeah. You know, uh, so I really wanted to also um, have that be a big role because the, the creator of Wirehead is actually a Japanese scientist from World War II who did cruel, cruel experiments in research facilities uh, for Imperial Japan. And he was granted immunity um, when he comes to the States so he can continue his research. So the, we have this mad scientist vibe, you know, and he's creating this thing and he's given free reign and funding, but things go terribly wrong. And, uh, his prototype, the only, the, the real successful prototype is Wirehead, who is this, the, the cyborg that takes orders. That's the goal. The mission was to create, you know, robotic cyborg, um, beings, that would take orders and serve man, except that something there's a, a laboratory accident that takes place, and the wiring or the programming rather in, in Wirehead uh, just completely fizzles out. So he is basically doing the opposite now. So while he has lines, you know, where he says, you know, please remain calm or allow me to assist you, he's doing that as you as he's pushing your skull in and crushing it. So, so instead of helping, now his programming has told him to slaughter. You know, I, I just get this image of going back to the scene where he's blowing <laughs> the guy's that head. head up. You right. Know, it's, the, the guy's screaming. It's like, please remain calm. Allow me exactly. to assist you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so I wanted to have something that... Almost not an intentional catchphrase, but something that's iconic that when when you hear that phrase that usually is supposed to be comforting now makes you terrified. Because now when you hear please remain calm or see that in the comic, you're not going, OK, you're actually going, oh, God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm starting to understand your enjoyment for Black Christmas now. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> more on that in a yes. little bit. Uh <laughs> So having built, yeah, actually having built a slasher, what do you think makes like the definitive slasher? Like what, because we started, mm-hmm. you know, we started this conversation on Growlix and I don't think we actually came to a uh, complete consensus on what, right. 
makes a slasher. A slasher. Yeah. Uh, I will say you definitely need to have uh, a, a, a stalker of some sort. And um, I guess we can argue whether it's fantastical, or undead, or human. But the real element needs to be a stalker villain that is systematically knocking off uh, characters in your story. So I, I definitely attribute that, you know, as a big factor to what a slasher is. Just one by one knocking people off. So you have that element. Uh, I definitely think you need to have um, characters that... Um, I think they don't have to be young because you could even argue predator as a slasher. They are underpowered compared to the star stalker in some way. Underpowered, underwhelmed, underwhelmed. Right, right. There's got to be some kind of up that the stalker has over them because they need to overcome it or figure out how to overcome it to stop the stalker. So I think those are pretty Two big main elements. And then I, I guess you could argue later on, oh, you got to have the final girl. you got to have this. I don't know if you necessarily need to always have the final girl. But uh, I feel like it, 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 it is, has become a tradition, especially after Halloween in particular, that there's the final girl. Uh, you don't have to have the – I know all of a sudden that, that one also introduced like the promiscuity. You know what I mean? With the, yeah, that's not necessary. But it's not necessary. I think the real core is are, are the first two that I mentioned. I'd say it's definitely think, you have to have the victim stalking the, uh, the that that sense of the victims being the underdog and yes having to overcome whatever uh, this greater force is that's right. Like you said, systematically, and that's the key: systematically picking them off, not correct, just mass slaughter. It, it no. has to be, you know, one by gotcha. one. A little bit later, yes, gotcha. You right. know, that's what makes it in, enticing and edge of your seat. And it's like it, it's that viper mentality. When's it going to strike next? Yes, and I think that's what you need uh, w- w- with the slasher. And then you could play around with it too, you know, and other little elements could come into play. But I think that's really the, the if we had to go to the core of it, that's that's the element that really creates that slasher genre. I say, and I, so, I've always felt, you know, this the slasher's more of a you know one person than like a team, because when when you go yeah, to the team, yes. it's more of a like murder party than it is. Like singular, yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's so. I mean, you, you have to have just one hunter versus prey. Just that simple, and, and I think that's why it works because it, that's so ingrained in our DNA. Oh yeah, for you know, hunter be hunted. Mm-hmm. That that's why the slasher works. Because oh, you're, sure. you're always, you have that fear of, well, am I going to be somebody's prey? Or, right. you know, I got this, I'm, you know, I'm the big dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always searching for your place in life. And that's why the slasher really works. Because it yeah. kind of puts you in check. 
Oh, yeah. And, and brings you back to reality. It's like, no, there's always somebody higher up the food chain. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a Star Wars fan, right? And Phantom Menace is always a bigger fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, overcoming that adversity, you know, that adversity is really powerful. And I think it's something that we and that's why we root for the the characters. But also in a weird way, we also root for the slasher. You know, sometimes like 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 we kind of root for Freddy and we kind of root for Jason, especially depending because, on how some of the characters are, are developed in the movies. Right. Exactly. Because You're like, and you I, know what? That guy can die. I can't yeah. wait for him to go. <laughs> right. All right. Exactly. And there's, there's also the appeal, you know, uh, there's a, this cathartic appeal to the slasher as well. You know, it's like, you know, almost like the Roman Coliseum vibe. Yeah. Where you just want to see sometimes some people getting their heads Let them fight. Up. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, that's definitely a factor as well. And I think that just goes to show you that sometimes, you know, the slashers or video games as well, you know, and, and movies can be uh, cathartic. Violence can be healthy. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's a time and a place for everything. Don't don't go out and kill somebody. But right. Right. by all yes, means, sit down and watch that. a movie about somebody going out and killing somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And uh, again, I think, you know, we, we could talk about the, you know, just mention how slashers kind of started. And it started mostly after the, the post-Vietnam era, you know, when people were very frustrated and they dealt with a lot of stuff. And, you know, and you even look at post 9-11 and you see Hostel and all those mm-hmm. type of torture movies that came out. So it's funny, things things evolve and the slasher genre has evolved. And that's why I think now... In my opinion, it's a great time for Wirehead because I think with what's going on, with the moral panic that's going on, the pandemic, the political nonsense, I feel people need more than ever some kind of cathartic release. One guy. One guy to channel all their fear or anger or something toward. Yes. And that is the slasher's place in yes culture it's That's it it's their uh, it's the lightning rod for mm-hmm. um everyone's emotions whether you you know when you're pissed off at the world you side yeah. with the slasher and you go on that journey with him and you're killing everybody that he kills <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right you are you know or when you're just afraid of everything, you're with the victims and you're terrified of this big hulking mass or just yep. this big stalking figure coming right. and tearing you limb from limb. Exactly. You know, it's place of horror films. And it's funny because people are always like, horror films are to scare you. No, they're there to... They can be there to comfort you. They're they're there to just like any in other a weird movie. way. Yeah, in a weird way they can. Yeah, you know, I mean, I completely, I completely agree with that. You know, if, if you're, you know, it's just like people who like to play violent video, like you mentioned, violent video games to let yeah. out anger and stuff like that. 
yeah. pop in a good slasher, and it's like, get them. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and it feels like you're letting your inner monster out in a yes. healthy way. Yeah, I actually, on my YouTube channel, so I I, uh, I do uh, interviews, and I, I do audio comics for Blood Realm, and I do movie reviews, and other types of stuff. I do draw streams, and I also do some horror gaming. And today, I I was just very frustrated with uh, my some of the pages I've been working on for Blood Realm, and I my cathartic <laughs> uh, dismemberment is Gears of War, and I just yeah. released a big compilation of some an epic kill montage because I just put every all those kills together that I did, and I slapped them in a video. I just released it today. I think you'll get a kick out of it, and. Uh, yeah, it's just, you know, you got to have your release, no matter what it is. Got to have that release. It's important. So, and yeah, that's, that's a good one to just sit back and like, yeah, I want to see blood. I want to see guts. Yeah, and I want to chainsaw go, some people. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to run this chainsaw through somebody's midsection. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Um, yeah. So when should we expect Wirehead out? We're gonna you're, you're gonna see it early 2021. Uh, the first chapter it's gonna be three chapters. The first chapter's done. Um, the second chapter is halfway there, and then I just finished the the, um, uh, the the script for the third chapter. And the artist is wrapping up issue two, and then once he's done illustrating that, I'm gonna give him the script for uh, issue three. So he should be done in maybe I would say w- w- with edits and everything, maybe three months, and then we're gonna go straight to printing. So what so you're you saying probably... is you've been writing your ass off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I cannot wait for everyone to read this because if you guys are a fan of slasher horror and World War II history, some of the dark stuff, like I said, I mentioned that the creator of Wirehead, like the, the, the mad doctor, is a Japanese scientist from World War II. And then also sci-fi. I think you guys are going to really like this. I mean – I'm also a big fan of Resident Evil and the idea of the evil corporation like Umbrella, you know, stuff like that. You know, and also the Nemesis character always – I love that game. I think that was like 1999 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the remake was pretty good too. And uh, even Mr. X from Resident Evil 2, like just, just the big hulking guy when you hear the thud, thud, thud when they walk. You know, it's I, – I think you guys are going to love that kind of stuff. I mean, you'll love this if you love that kind of stuff. Seems really fitting following a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let's uh, talk about another slasher that Uh you were uh, geeking out about on uh, Grawlix. Sure. That I was super happy to see someone else geek out about, and that was Black Christmas. I love that movie, man. Love it. With Margot Kidder. Yeah. Right, Olivia Hussey too. Oh God, yeah, very lovely cast. Oh yeah, and I mean a lot of the horror. John tropes, Saxton, also. yeah. I mean, the it the, the the cast went on to do many more horror things. Mm-hmm. Black Christmas runs a lot of the tropes mm-hmm. that movies take for granted these days. Oh, yeah. Like, the POV kill shot, so you don't know who the killer is. Yep. 
everything um, that made the first Friday the Thirteenth so amazing. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you get that POV shot from the very beginning of Black Christmas. Oh yeah, you know, crawling into the house, everything, and you know, the kills were phenomenal. Oh yeah, and one of the coolest things I think they did. Mm-hmm. And this touches on what you said about Wirehead, you know, mm-hmm. where it's, you know, you want to take that comforting thing and turn it on its ear. Right. My favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's when the carolers come. Yeah, I knew, I knew, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, go ahead. And they're, they're singing Christmas carols. Yes. And that you take this, what should be a joyful and happy song Mm -hmm. and it's set to a death montage. Yes. Upstairs, just blood everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) And it's just like, that is brilliant. It's so good. And you know, it's crazy. The director, wasn't it the guy who did Christmas story? I think so. Yeah. How insane is that? <laughs> you know, I mean, the kills were unconventional. I mean, this one, like, the, this one in particular was a crystal unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of the dumb tropes in the movie, like, okay, why can't, you know, why aren't you looking in this room for the dead body? And, yeah, you know. Obviously, the creepiest part was the like Whistler's mother look at the the, the dead girl and the like Whistler's mother pose in the window. Yeah, that is probably that scene the creepiest so good. scene. Yep, yep. And I I don't know if you've tried to watch the remakes. I just I only because it was on. I was curious. I promised that I would never do it. Uh, I sat there. I was like, I'm turning this off immediately. <laughs> I did not like any of the remakes. I haven't seen the newest one. Uh, I, I'm not a fan. The one person. prior. I could, yeah, I, it, I, I could take it or leave it. Um, right. It, it, it doesn't hold up to the original, which is weird considering it, it should have, with the technology and everything, they should have been able to yes. crank out a better version. Oh yeah. And I, it's crazy. It, it's not even scary. The new one is like, I, I couldn't even, it's not even a slasher. It's like, it's like, a, I don't know. It, it didn't have any horror vibe to it. You know what, it I sounds did like, like it's more of a whodunit. Yeah, definitely. Well, that that's, that's, that's what I liked about, um, although the ending is pretty crazy. Uh, Hellfest was a, was actually a more recent slasher film that I was like, Oh, I was like, this has that, that vibe to it, you know? Um, have you seen that one? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So I won't say anything, but, uh, cause the ending is really good. I, I actually really liked it, but yeah, no, it's uh black Christmas started at all, man. The, uh, in terms of the phone calls and everything like in scream and, uh, yeah, I mean, it has got the, it all. you know, Oh no, the calls coming from inside the house. And it's just yeah. like, I remember when I was rewatching it for, my previous episode, I was like, wait a minute, son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, cause 
Yeah, I'd watched it years ago when I was younger, and then watched Scream. Mm-hmm. Didn't put the two together then, right? And then watching it for the breakdown, and it's just like, oh, yeah, well played. And I don't remember. Uh, I'll, I'd have to go back and look, but there was that the the calls coming from inside the house is a callback to even an older movie. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head. Uh, I can't remember either, but I know the POV stuff was kind of in that movie Peeping Tom. Remember that from the 60s? Yeah. You know, and yeah, like Black Christmas kind of legitimized all of that into one just oh, yeah. spooky slasher that you had no clue. Mm-hmm. I mean... You still really don't know who the killer was. Right, yeah. And, and that's what they kind of do in Hellfest as well. Not sorry to spoil a little oh, no spoiler, but, but yeah, that's what that's what I was getting at too, is like it does that, that ambiguity, you know, I, I think is just really powerful. Yeah, so. it's like when you, when you can end a movie with an assumed killer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're just like, but wait, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh shit, that wasn't the right guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's. And then I love that film. And, and then they never go back. <laughs> There's not a Black Christmas two. There's not, you know. Right. Well, that's the beauty of it. You know, it's like some of these guys are going to get away. You know, it's kind of like a No Country for Old Men ending. You know. Yeah. And I think that was that was a great way to end it, because I, that that's one thing I don't want to do with Wirehead. Is that I can't stand these modern horror films where everything ends, you know, where they walk off to the sunset and everything's okay, you know. It's just, I you know, it's 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 it should be more than that, you know. It's there should be a feeling when you walk away that like, oh God, you know, like, still out there. Yeah. Well, and so you're you're right. That's that's one of the best things about Black Christmas is even if they were to go and write a Black Christmas too. Mm-hmm. There is no possible way it could live up to what fans have built up in their head as yeah, to no who Can't. the actual killer is, right? What he or she has done mm-hmm. since that initial night. You right. know, I mean, because when you leave it like that, your imagination just gets the best of you, and oh, sure. It, it was a brilliant move to just mm-hmm. leave it to the fans' imaginations to be like, he's still there. Oh, yeah, 100%. You don't know who 100%. he is or she is. Right. Because I still don't know if it's a guy or a girl. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I say, yeah, we don't know if it's a guy or a girl. We know mm-hmm. they're still alive. Right. That's all we know. And then so that, that's, that's, that's the good stuff about creepy it. creepy as shit. <laughs> it is man it is i love it and uh that's the kind of vibe i want to leave readers when they finish reading blood realm it's like oh damn <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they're in for a wild ride they really are and I, I'm, I'm writing the hell out of this thing and if you if you guys love the stuff that we're talking about man you guys are totally gonna dig this and I, i've seen the images guys Trust me, just 
imagery alone, you'll be hooked. Yeah. So it's definitely worth picking up. And if, if Wirehead goes anything like Blood Rome, pick it up fast. Oh, thanks, man. Because <laughs> Blood Rome went quick. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I, I, again, I'm really honored. And um, yeah, I, we have actually uh, on the campaign for Blood Rome, we do have. Uh, I'm sorry for, for for Wirehead. We do have a perk where you can get all of the Blood Realm issues because I still have my comps, so you'll get those signed. So if you're looking to, you could get the book and then you could add on the Blood Realm uh, volumes. There's two volumes and then the the new volume isn't collected yet, the third volume. But we have the three single issues for it because each volume is broken up into three issues. So you can get all those issues and you can add that onto your your Wirehead book purchase. So, yeah, it's, it's probably the best way to get everything. <laughs> Tis the season, folks, to give a, That's true. give the gift of horror. It is. It is, man. Where can listeners keep up with uh, Wirehead updates and other projects yeah. that you have coming out and things like that? Sure. You guys can follow me on Twitter at uh, Geronimo Draws, uh, Instagram at Geronimo Draws, and my YouTube channel, Geronimo Draws. Everything's Geronimo Draws. And my, my website is robertgeronimo.com. Including his lucky Geronimo Draws. <laughs> and you'll be able to find those links in the episode description. You can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com or on Twitter at Moose Media Inc. Robert, this was great. I'm really glad that we were able to yeah, man. sync up and do this. because This was great. Doing this face-to-face was so much easier than behind the keyboard uh the other night yeah on somebody yeah, else's no. show <laughs> yeah. no offense randy it's just really hard to keep up with you know try not to take over your show yeah i agree i agree no but thanks for having me and of course you know uh, stay in touch oh we'll, we'll do and i'm looking forward to picking up wirehead and thanks, diving man. into that universe is it I like, like i said it. it looks and sounds phenomenal and it just from what I've seen, it, it appears to be an immersive adventure that I'm looking yeah. forward to going down. Oh, thank you so much, man. I, I'm honored. Hell, probably have you back uh, after it's all released, and we'll talk and talk about how Ooh. the uh, release went. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll love to hear your thoughts after you read it. So, we'll let you uh, carry on, and once again, thanks for coming on. Have a Merry Christmas. And thanks, man. Same to you. Until next time, Horror Hounds. Mash on. Take care. If you enjoyed today's episode and you don't lose that spirit, come back tomorrow for another of Moose's 13 horrifying days of Christmas. Or Krampus will come for your soul. ha <laughs> ha.